Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, and this is WP Water Cooler, episode number 361, How to Client-Proof a WordPress Website. This episode is brought to you by ServerPress, Maker's Desktop Server. They make local WordPress development easy. Check them out at serverpress.com. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter. My website is jasontucker.blog. I'm Steve Zanko. I'm the founder of Zeek Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress Meetup. I'm Sandy Reed. I make WordPress, teach WordPress, preach WordPress at Sandy Media on all the things. Uh, my name is Russell Aaron. I do things with WordPress in Las Vegas. It's Jason Cosper, aka Fat Momoweg. Go help us out over on Patreon. Go over to our website over at patreon.com slash WPWaterCooler and subscribe to us. You can also click on that bell. We'd appreciate it. How's it going, wow. everybody? Wow. You now. I, I know, right? If we're all we're all grown up, oh, we're all grown up. All I can think is ring my bell. <laughs> you can ring my bell. Ring my bell. <laughs> Play oh, your phone God. again, say. Play your phone. Oh, my <laughs> I'm Say Reed. I'm Say Reed. I'm Say Reed. I'm Say Reed. <laughs> Was, it, was that a question mark at the end? I'm yeah. say Reed. I'm say Reed. Maybe, allegedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm say Reed. So you know, today, I got I to I gotta tell you, yeah. Jason, normally our intros take like seven minutes, right? You've, no, you've, you've made it 30 seconds. It's so efficient. What are we going to do? What are we going to do with that extra seven minutes? We're going to talk like, about the intro. We've got, we've, got, <laughs> we've got six and a half minutes to fill now. Oh, man, we just meta discuss the intro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At least this time. So yeah, we're gonna talk about client proofing a WordPress website. I know this is a topic that's near and dear to our hearts because for 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 part of it, I would imagine that it's it might be a a revenue stream where you know the client breaks a website, now you're gonna have to go and fix it for them. But then on the other side, you just fix you just built that website and now they're trying to break it. And so you kind of want to protect. They. How dare they? How dare they? Exactly. <laughs> well, so we you know, wanted to discuss a little bit about this. So for me, and I'm the one who brought this up, not because I'm having yeah. any individual problems with it. Uh, this is part of why I've never, I don't have a great portfolio because basically I disown all the websites that I build shortly after I built them. I've recently discovered a way around this, but I, I basically am like, nope. But uh, so it's not so much that they break it for me even. It's just that, that they... They use it incorrectly (laughs) and, you know, you can do a lot of training and documentation and I do all of those things. And I still feel like people find a way to put images that are, you know, have text behind them that are in the wrong spot. (laughs) Why did you, why did you upload a TIFF? <laughs> Who That's what my scanner with my parallel port uses. <laughs> I mean, you can put you can put image size caps on and like instant compression, and so we can talk about all those things that you can do to like kind of prevent that from happening because those are really yeah. important. But you can't help someone upload a picture that is a good picture, like you know that should go there, right? Like that. Hey, maybe text on text isn't the best look for a banner. What? Or, or 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 you or you can't stop somebody from uploading a PNG when it should have been a JPEG. Well, uh, that's when I see all it's getting the a little it's getting a little like even that like if if that was the problem 
then I wouldn't even, you know what? I'd be happy if that was our problem. Is right. this a PNG or a JPEG? Right? Like yeah. that's that's a level, level of optimization that feels like a luxury. Well, let's jump into that one. Let's do uh, client proofing images real quick and see what we can uh, discuss about that part of it. So those fields can be set up so that they can only upload a JPEG if you right. want to. Like if you're using advanced True. custom fields or if you're using any of those things, you can say like, this is the size, this is the dimensions if you want it to, or I'm going to force it to be a particular dimension. But there are some of those pieces that you can do. Have you guys explored any of that? Well, see, so that's the thing, right? That's the word I'm talking about in terms of the level of customization to client-proof a site. Like you can yep. just have the basic features of ad media and use a featured image, but that doesn't client-proof it. So in order to actually successfully client-proof it to make it, oh, this is the right size, this is the right type of image, whatever, you literally have to build custom stuff in order to do that so they're only using you know these particular meta fields and whatnot steve you disagree judging by your face no 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 i i don't i don't disagree what i wanted to take a step back and just just talk about how uh, the, how negative this term client proofing is right but i guess oh, we can get i was there in a end. negative space when i thought no 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 no, Dude, no it's, it's fine bait, bro. it's fine it's totally <laughs> link bait it's fine we can we can get we can get there in the end but you you can you can so let's there's another there's another problem that has to do with images. That's why I cringe when you when you said what you said, right? And so you can put a lot of things in the background that sort of automate automate things so that images are resized appropriately, so that so that they're put in the right spots, right? You can do a lot of that stuff sort of on the back end so that the client doesn't have to think, right? Because even if you put all the instructions in the world on this is the file type you need, this is the size, this is the optimal size, right? You should compress this this way. They're still going to do it wrong, right? In my experience, they're, they're always going to do it wrong. So what you need to put do on the on the other side of that is put some things in place to make sure you've got the right image sizes set up in WordPress so that WordPress is creating the right image image sizes for you. And so that that's really what needs to happen is is WordPress can can kind of take over the automation a lot of this on a lot of this stuff so that you your clients can't make that mistake this is really the difference though between uh out of the box wordpress install and a custom developed site because it's and not even so much about the design of the site i feel like at this point it's literally about creating the custom workflow and creating that so that that part is smooth on a consistent and basis and, and so let's talk about what the real issue is if somebody if if an image is the Ignorance. wrong size. No, no, sorry. no, no, no. no if the it. you know what what happens? What's the result of an image being the wrong size? Right. So most Page things are gonna load speed time. Yes. Right. Did I beat you to it? Were you leading somewhere? With no, that? no, that's that's it. I mean, you, you, the 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 the. The image itself is probably going to size appropriately within the theme. Most themes are able to sort of size the image, right? Some themes, it just breaks the whole page if you've got an image that's too big. But most themes can kind of size the image. But if you've got an image that's larger than the, than the display size that you need, you're taking up extra load time, extra bandwidth, and, and really causing a bad user experience. And Google's going to ding you for that. You can also put in images. I know we always talk about images that are too big because everyone's uploading directly from their phone, but there's also the problem of uploading images that are too small. And then if the theme is sizing it, it's like, oh no, this has to be 1080 by, you know, whatever. And it's this, you know, it's a 600 (laughs) picture. Suddenly that you're in installation doom land. Yeah. What does my image look like? Shit. 
<laughs> you uploaded a picture of Google Images. That's this thing. Or was the image yeah. upside down? I used to have a client that would upload um, images <laughs> using an iPhone, and the iPhone would upside down the image every I, single time. And I had I, to come up with a way to fix that. I, I see more of them uh, sideways, right? That's sideways. where I see them. I oh, see yeah. them sideways, right? They're 90 degrees, 90 degrees yep. off, right? Or not um, but, 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 but the different, one of the things you were starting to touch on saying, and I think this is important is an off the shelf theme, right? Not all, but, but some are, are not going to take into consideration what we were just talking about, right? They're just exactly. gonna, a lot, there's a lot of themes that are just going to show the, the original image or the full size image, right? No matter what you upload. So that's what gets displayed to the user. And that is bad. There's also, I mean, you, we're also in this point with the images, it turns into cropping. If you have the wrong dimensions of an image or the wrong, like, you know, maybe you can set up different plugins. None of the, literally none of the cropping plugins that I've tried to work with ever have worked properly. Have you guys ever found one that works properly? No, and the cropping system within WordPress kind of sucks too. It's like a yeah, funky, all, you well, the, highlight the, first, then you click, or you click that, and yeah, highlight. The, and I can never the UX, what is, the UX is very weird. It's very you, weird. You just you. It's already high. It's already clicked. That's what you have to remember. So you yes. just go in there. It's like pre-ready. It like skips a step for you, and so pre-ready. you ready. Go into that right now. You're like, pre-ready. Okay. It's 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 really ready. Was it, wasn't that a was that an Adobe product? Wasn't it called pre-ready? Pre-ready. <laughs> um, the Russ that, Russ mentioned Russ mentioned in the chat just to bring it up real quick. Just um, is that is that the size of the image is something that can be taken care of. Like you can say this, this area that you're going to put this con this, this image in will be this size. Right. But, but are that, you using a pre-sized version of that, that WordPress right. is sizing or is it taking the 1920 by whatever 800 image and trying to make it into a 300 thumbnail? And, that's and that's, that's a big difference. Yeah. It can show up right. But now you're trying to like basically, you know, size something, size an elephant into the size of something that's a mouse and it's loading an elephant. And that you can quote me on. Don't load elephants. You know, that's that's the tweet for today. (laughs) That's it. Where I see see a lot of this happening is uh, something that's very popular with uh, site owners is uh, Unsplash. They, you know, yes. nice, free, you know, the, the images look wonderful. However, they grab an image off of Unsplash and then just throw it, uh, upload it into their library and, you know, no resizing, no anything else. And these, these images no renaming are 3,000, no renaming. And these images are 3,000 pixels, uh, at least uh, sometimes 6,000 or higher, 300 DPI, like stuff that's not web ready or anything else. And it, it's, they're just weighing down their page. And then they come to, to someone like me who works in site performance and go, why is my page slow? Wow. Well, so this just is us bitching again, instead of talking about actually how to fix that. We do this a lot, but what? So- <laughs> is that new? <laughs> so I, I think what you're talking about, Steve, is really important in terms of making it so that WordPress is actually uploading and cre- like changing the actual pre-created thumbnail sizes, small uh, thumbnail, medium, large that WordPress makes when it uploads a picture so that it is the right size for what the site is using. Because then 
you can specify, oh, I want it to use a medium here, and it's going to always be the right size. You're not going to have to do – you have to do that a lot with a lot of themes anyway because the medium is going to be 300 by 400 or whatever it is, and then the size of the picture in the theme is – you know, 500 by 600 or whatever it is. But a, a well-designed theme will um, define those image sizes up front, mm-hmm. right? And, and and use the appropriate image size in the appropriate place. WordPress has that built in. You can define custom image sizes in the back end and it'll, mm-hmm. it'll do all the cropping and compression for you. So you don't have to think, but most off the shelf themes don't do that. Yeah, the cropping is still a problem because if a client picks a picture that Uh, is, you know, heavy on the right-hand side and you are cropping from the middle, there's certain – this is where I was also getting frustrated. There are certain points where you cannot proof the site. Like, you can only offer so much guidance, and then you just have to be like, all right, well, I guess that's your flyer that you're putting up with text behind your text. And, you know, it's the right size, and it's loading properly, but it looks insane. Let's get into content real quick, if we can, because I wanted. I'd like to at least chop this up so we talk about more than just. Are images. you moving us along? I'm yeah. moving us along. We're already so, now. I don't even know who so, you are anymore. So one of the things that one of the things that Steve's mentioned in past episodes is he doesn't just use that content box as the only place where someone's putting in content. You've talked a lot about using like custom fields and stuff of being places that you're collecting the data that you need to be displayed onto the page at some point. And, and can you talk a little bit about that? Why you wouldn't use just the content, you know, the main content box and actually, yeah. And actually using custom fields. Well, where we, I think where we're using custom fields and we're talking specifically about ACF is, is if we've got specific content that needs to go into a specific place on the, uh, within it, within a template, right. Um, Say for instance, a video, Right. You, you, you've got a video box that goes in a specific place in a template. You don't necessarily want that video just floating around in your content. You 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 want that in a specific place. And we, we use advanced custom fields for that. I um, love advanced custom fields for this fantastic. purpose. Fantastic. Because you can literally like I don't know at this point, I'm not sure I could make a a good site without it because of this specific reason. Because you can feed that information, ask the client to put in the information that the page needs and put it in the spot that you want all i I, i'm always getting sites that i'm fixing from pre pre pre-builds like this is like my 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 bread and butter i guess basically people are like this site that someone built is terrible how i can't use it and (laughs) yeah they're like it's terrible um (laughs) so there's a lot of a lot of like here's a site they've had for years that they've got content on but they're actually having to structure their content in the contact box with short codes or spaces or crazy, crazy stuff that's going on. And I'm able to use advanced custom fields to create meta boxes for all of those things. So, you know, the, the subhead for a post goes where it says subhead and, you know, the, the author bio goes where it says author, uh, author bio, author bio, author bio. I, I, I would caution you and I'd be careful because advanced custom fields can get unwieldy. Right. And so you want to pay attention to the user experience inside of the dashboard as much as on the front end, right? So your your client has a, p- a particular workflow and user experience that, that that they need to, that you need, I think you're responsible for simplifying as much I mean, as you're possible. Not, you're not 
telling me that, obviously you're telling no, me. No, I'm telling the audience, right? Here. And so <laughs> one of the one of the nice things that Advanced Custom Fields has built in is they've got conditional logic, right? And so all of the fields don't need to be shown at all times, right? You can have different states of content. And so use that that conditional logic as much as possible to simplify the user experience in the dashboard. Yeah, I think the easier you make it for the client to put the information in, the clearer it is where they're like, oh, put this here, put this here, the the better. Well, I guess it's like the whole, you know, garbage in, garbage out thing. If you're able to give them clear stuff to put in, so not garbage. What's the opposite of garbage? Quality content? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. We've been putting out garbage for years, so I have no idea what it is. Yeah, the, the, the good stuff in and then you get the good stuff out. What, what yeah, are, it's what like are, Mad Libs. It's like Mad Libs for WordPress. It's Fill totally in like Mad Libs. One, Mad one Libs. of the things, you know, one of the things that we like to do when we when we hand off a site is is first of all we do training and 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 Say's mentioned this a couple of times, but we also do a couple of sample pieces of content, right? And just leave them in draft mode. That way, your client can refer back to those, right? If they're if they're lost or if they need to see a sample of something, right? Uh, also, you can put in the plugin Post Duplicator, right? And so if you have sample pieces of content. Have them not start from scratch. Start from a sample, duplicate it, and then use that as as a as a starting place, so that they're not they they don't have this free form area that gives them the ability to screw something up. That actually dovetails really nicely into the design component because when we're talking of oh, did you have more to say? I want one more one more um, comment about advanced custom fields. This this changed a lot, I think, when uh, when blocks were introduced or Gutenberg was introduced, right? And so. Advanced custom fields are still important, but Gutenberg changed this quite a bit because because you now have uh, blocks within the content itself, and the, and and you're not using short codes as much. Your content isn't as messy as it used to be in the classic editor. That's all. Yeah, but if you're still freeforming the content, it now it's almost so much that you have even more you need to structure because otherwise the client is like literally just throwing content anywhere. And, you know, you're like, just make a column here. I mean, you can't say that to people. Like you can't be like, just use a column block or, you know, just use a heading block and make sure you set it at heading three. Like that's, that's literally not something that a lot of clients are capable of on a consistent basis. Yeah. Now, uh, I was going to say, Steve, uh, you, you do some uh, some pieces of content that, that you know, that they can uh, use and duplicate. Do you ever go in and do full style guides? Like I do. Or, or anything like that? Okay. Say yes, I rely heavily on documentation for this because then when I inevitably get emails about how to do a thing, I have something I can reference. And then I also can update that document if they have a question that we haven't answered yet. So that also helps for training new people so that when they bring new people in, I don't have to do a whole nother training session, which I guess could be like, you know, a moneymaker at some point, but I just, it just makes me tired. So I'm like, go reference, you know, they have the documentation there to a degree, depending on how good you can make that documentation, it can really help. There's also the idea that people don't look at the documentation, but you know, if they ask right. the question, you can at least refer them to a section in the documentation and, you know, make that a shorter, a shorter mm-hmm. answer versus here, let me re-explain how to do this again. Yeah, I use that instructions field yeah. in advanced custom fields as a way of um, describing what it is I want them to put in there and then making sure that the 
that the, the the field type is set correctly. If it's a URL that they have to put a URL in there. And if it's text, they're going to put text in there. And if I use a text, you know, a larger text box, it's like, well, I want you to put, you know, more text than just one line's worth of text in there. Um, I just want to, before yeah. we talk about design, even though that was a great segue before, I do want to talk about, now Steve just totally distracted me. Don't look at the chat. I broke, I, 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 I broke, I broke say. Shoot. Okay, since Say's broken, let me uh, butt in real quick. Yeah, Cosper, go for it. Something something that I've used on a few sites that I've done lately is this plugin called Prepublish Checklist. I'm not sure if either of you or any of you have used it before, uh, but basically it allows you to set up a a simple checklist that you shows up in the little uh, side column on uh, the block editor that uh, you ch- you can check off. So I've, I've said, you know, make sure that the, the slug is the slug that I want it to oh, be on the site. Uh, make bad. sure that, and it, it, it doesn't check that stuff for me, but it gives me, it won't let me publish. It says you haven't checked off these things on the checklist. Like you should go back and do that. Uh, it'll still That's let great. you publish. You can actually, and you can set it to, if these things aren't checked off, don't publish. That's right. That's so, awesome. I've never um, seen that plugin. I'm going to check that out. It, that it sounds is, like it actually is a really it, great client proofing plugin. Like, yeah, like that's what it was built for. That's awesome. I've remembered what yeah. I was going to say before Steve over here distracted me with his comments that this is so, you know, you can load in a site with a theme and have, especially now with Gutenberg and the Gutenberg library, you can load up designs. You can get all that stuff done fairly quickly. Like you can assemble a site fairly quickly. And I just think that this is really what a lot of web development, okay, a lot of web development in terms of custom coding and all that, not what I'm talking about, but in terms of building websites and building a website that works for a business, I think that this type of customization, filling out the instructions fields, having that correspond to documentation, having a style guide, having a clear understanding of the workflow when you are publishing that corresponds to what's happening in the fields on the post page. This is really what makes a website a good website, not some front end banner photo. Because you can have the prettiest banner site in the world on Squarespace and still not, you know, struggle every day to like put that content onto the page. And so more and more, this component of what we're talking about, like this workflow, easing this process, figuring it out for the client, figuring out what they need, documenting it. This is this is what sets apart a good website from a, a not so good one. website. And speaking oh. of good websites, you got the design side of it as well which I'd imagine we all break the design or the customers break the design by moving things around Never. and putting in too much text in a box that was only expecting so much Never. and excerpt fields and all sorts of fun stuff like that. What's What sort of things should we be looking at when you're doing the, des- the design part of it and making sure that things are going to look appropriate? Well, what Steve was saying earlier about the duplicate post or, or duplicate something, that from a page perspective, I think is so important. Um, having uh, the ability to be like, I want a page that looks like this page so I can just clone it and then fill in the blanks. There's there's just, that alone is worth its salt in in, in plug-in. Um, there are various- So, so for that- <laughs> What? So, so, it so works. Say for for that, do you, 
do you do like Steve does with example uh, posts and set up like here are some page templates and what is a draft or something? Like well, most of the that? sites that I work with, like I said, are sites that already have content and that already exist. Like I, Steve does a lot sure. of rebuilds. I do a lot of rebuilds um, where people come yeah. to me and they're like, it broken, fix this. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I don't, they want to keep the design. So I basically rebuild the design because the design is good. And I just rebuild the back end with uh the same design like that's happened with multiple multiple clients because they paid a bunch of money for this site design and they really like it it just doesn't work on the back end so you know i would make you know if i was starting with a brand new site i would absolutely make uh i wouldn't launch a site without that content anyway so you're i don't think you should launch a site with no blog posts for example or a missing section that you're going to fill in later. I tell all my clients, if you're going to fill this section in later, you should not have the section because it's just going to sit there and be empty Mm -hmm. forever. So I don't really let clients launch with empty sections. So that sample content would be just content for, for my, for my uses. Yeah. So I go ahead, Steve. No, go for it, Steve. I was just going to say at the beginning of this, all this thing, you know, I, I, I sort of took issue with the with the term client proofing, right? I get it. I, and, and, and I was saying it's a little bit uh, you know, negative. This is an opportunity, right? This, this, this is an opportunity for freelancers and agencies, right, to do maintenance, right? This is what maintenance is for. And so we, 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 I tend to set the expectation at the beginning of every project and, and just let them know, hey, listen, we're setting this up. You have a content management system. You can do all this stuff, right? But this can be a lot to maintain, right? And there are challenges and you can break things. And, you know, there, there's a lot of things that could possibly, you know, go wrong, right? We're here to help. We're here as you need us. If you want to, if you want to do it yourself from here on out, have at it, right? But there, yeah. there is there is an opportunity to, to kind of educate your client as to what they're going to experience when you uh, launch their website and what and what maintenance is supposed to look like, right? Because ultimately, the result of this is is if if your client is start starts doing something and they break something or they're having a bad experience, right? A couple of things are going to happen. They're either going to call you and tell you to do it, or they're just going to leave the site alone and it's never going to change, right? And that's that's bad. That's bad. Um, and, that's really bad. Um, and you don't, and you don't want that. And so um, I if think you're a, good developer. a lot of developers yeah. actually don't care. They build a site, the client mm-hmm. never touches it again or can't use it. And they, they ghost and they're out of there. But I mean, yeah. that, that's, those are the people who then come to me and are like, we need your help. And, 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 and frankly, there's, you know, it's, it's better off. You're better off not having a website at all at that point, if it's never going to change, right. You're better yeah. off just spending your time doing social media or something else. I, I circled I, uh, back around with mine asking them, what is it that is breaking on the site? And then what limitations should I be putting in place? Is the excerpt should only be maybe 200 characters long? Are you trying to put in an entire paragraph's worth of stuff in there? Are you having issues with, you know, like each of those pieces and just kind of go through there? Because the client, you know, when you, when you, you know, client in quotes, that client isn't necessarily the person paying for the website, but rather the people that are using the website. And There's that's also the people that, that that's you're a really... Great distinction, actually. Or, or if, you're, if you're working at a company, it could just be an internal client, right? You could just have other stakeholders that aren't necessarily a client. They're just team members that you're working with. Back in my day, we called them webmasters. <laughs> 
Webmaster. Back in my day. Master. Webmaster. It's, a, it's an awful term. It is. Term. It's, it's a, such um, a bad term. I'm, I'm going to make new business cards that are going to say Webmaster, damn it. I'm, <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Dreamweaver Webmaster. Back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I have a lot more to say on this, but maybe we can turn this into a part two. At some point. I, I think we should definitely t- turn this uh, into a part two. We can start breaking out some of these things and kind of I, going back around through it and talking about them. I just want to talk about the whole client proofing concept. It does sound really negative because you're like protecting the website from the client when the client is the person who should use it. So maybe really the terminology should be, you know, I don't know. There, there should be like the opposite of garbage. Like what is it mean? What's the positive version of client proofing? Is it like I, client streamlining? Like, I don't think it's negative in that sense. I don't think it's negative in that sense, though. Really, you're you're protecting the client from themselves, right? Because they don't yeah. know. They don't know they can make mistakes, and they don't know what these mistakes could result in, right? And so the mistakes that we talked about here are potentially, you know, page speed mistakes, SEO mistakes, ADA mistakes, right? If you make a di- design oh mistake, oh my god, you're, you're, we didn't even talk about accessibility, and that's right? like a whole new can of worms. Right. That, you know, you, you make it, des- and that's one of the things I was going to say, you make a design mistake and now your, your, your site is out of ADA compliance. Yeah. Right? And that, that could result in a fine. So maybe we should pick this up next week. Wow. Let's try, I'm sure. Good. Trying to give you an out that. here, Jason, just cut us off. Yep. Yep. Cut <laughs> us off. All right, folks. I want you to let you know that you can go follow us over on Patreon and help us out over there. We would really appreciate that. You can go over to patreon.com slash WP Watercooler. You can also subscribe to this content as well if you haven't done so. And uh, we're an audio podcast too. So you can go over to um, any of the places that you can listen to audio podcasts and go and uh, help us out over there by subscribing. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye.